three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Real Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter, here. Hope you guys are having a great week so far. I've got a review for uh, the newest adaptation of uh, uh, Roald Dahl's The Witches. This one is written by, uh, it's got a hell of a writing team, Robert Zemeckis, uh, Kenya Barris, who you know from Blackish, Grownish, uh, Mixish, and uh, fucking Guillermo del Toro, which was the one I was like, really? Del Toro helped write this? Uh, you know Del Toro, of course, from uh, Shape the, uh, the Shape of Water, Pan's Labyrinth, uh, just to mention a few uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. So, okay. I'm not going to... I'll touch on this a little bit. I really am going to try to take this film just as itself and not compare it too much to the book. Um, one, because it's been forever since I've read the book. But uh, more in comparison to the uh, 90s film with, uh, of course, Angelica Houston. So here's the thing. They change several things. The film uh, takes place in Alabama in the 60s. Um, We've got Octavia Spencer, who plays grandmother, and she goes ahead and adopts her son or her uh, grandson. Uh, I think he's just called Boy. Uh, they, uh, or he calls her, he always, she always calls him like baby or something like that. But, uh, this is his really big acting debut. I remember seeing this kid in Atlanta. I was like, he looks kind of familiar. Uh, but he was on an episode of Atlanta season two, I want to say, but this is really for all intents and purposes, his acting debut. And so he is living with his mom and dad, his mom and dad, uh, they, they all get into a car accident he was the only one in the car wearing a seatbelt, so he's adopted by grandma, uh, by his grandma. And the thing I will say I appreciate about this is like the first uh, 20 or so minutes, he uh, it's very much more like a family drama than anything. Uh, boy is just, I'll just say the grandson, because calling him boy over is going to be weird. Uh, the grandson he is just so incredibly depressed. I mean, who wouldn't be losing both your parents and having to live with that? I really appreciate that he doesn't just wake up one day and he's completely fine. Like, grandmother really does have to kind of wear him down and and really get him to open up. And it's it's sweet because, again, at first, he's completely closed off. Again, why wouldn't you be? But to see her just slowly start to... Uh, warm his heart it's really genuinely endearing and i was like wow okay and honestly it's what i wanted the help to be <laughs> uh without the you know the 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 white backdrop of needing to tell those black women's stories but i love octavia spencer i i know that we sing her praises but she really is an incredible actress and even as much as we praise her i still don't think we praise her enough uh for her really for her diversity. I mean, the fact she can be in something like uh, Shape of Water and being something like Snowpiercer and then turn around and 
uh, be amazing in Ma. Like it, it, she really is just absolutely incredible. And I, she is my favorite part about this film because her character does have to go through multiple different emotions while still being the emotional anchor of the film. I, I the kids, you would think they would be, but really the part I was most interested in was the grandmother. When she talks about her story, it's really fascinating because they once he uh, uh, the the grandsons come out of the shell, they end up going to a, uh, to the local store to grab a couple things, and so the boy wanders off to go ahead and get some nails to build this thing for uh, this rat that Grandma had gotten him uh, a rat that he names Daisy, which I thought was cute, but. He goes ahead and is looking for his nails and sees this black woman in the back of the store. And I will say the costume designer, bravo uh, to whoever the costume designer was, because the costume design, the, 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 they do a very good job with the sets as far as the costumes. It, it, it kind of reminded me, not on the same level, do not misunderstand, but it is similar to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, how you feel like the setting around you is almost like its own character, which I was like, okay, I, I appreciate how uh, the film is uh, portraying the time as far as making it feel like I'm there. But grandson meets this woman in the back of the store. And she, first off, this movie is a very good lesson for children. Do not take candy from strangers because, oh my God, she offers him a, a piece of candy and he's just kind of staring at her like, what the hell? And then the snake comes off from her arm. She's like, oh, don't worry. He won't bite you. And she, it's like she's trying to hypnotize him. And the boy's kind of staring. And then the grandma calls to him. And the woman disappears. And that's his first interaction with a witch. And I, I will say I found that part uh, creepy. Her voice almost sounds like a rusty, like, like a rusty door. Uh, the way it like crackles and everything. I, I really love that scene. Uh, but honestly, from there, after basically after grandma tells him about witches, tells him about how, you know, they take as much pride, uh, they take uh, as much pleasure in killing and hurting children as you do from eating, you know, ice cream. It's like, oh my God, that's, that's really dark. Holy crap. Uh, it's the film. And also, I will say when she tells her story about her friend being turned into a chicken, it's it's heartbreaking. One, two, the film does a really good job of like using body horror. I mean, for a kid's film, it's really impressive the way they are able to make these transformations feel so unnerving and how. It's not like an instant, oh, I'm just a chicken. It's like, oh, you have to like watch yourself go through the process. I thought that distinction was actually really important, and it does add to the horror element here. The problem is it's kind of from here where the film just kind of starts to go downhill for me. And another thing I haven't even mentioned yet, he's not in the movie a lot, but the the narrator of the film is Chris Rock. He's uh, the grandson grown up. We come to find out. And the thing that's really irritating is it it comes across like an everybody hates Chris uh, Halloween episode. That's really what it comes across like, because Chris Rock's voice, all due respect uh, to Chris Rock, I, I think he is a better actor than he's given credit for sometimes. I mean, he's not 
like the best actor ever or anything like that. But I think he's a solid actor when given the right material. Uh, I mean, you see something like Top Five, which, you know, he wrote and directed and everything. Uh, and even something like Bad Company. I know people give Bad Company shit. I like him a lot in Bad Company. I really like that movie. But I digress. Uh, Chris Rock, he, his voice is just not suited for this. Like, you, you just, you, you need someone not Chris Rock-like to really sell this. And so, it is distracting when it keeps getting brought up. I was kind of like, uh, okay. Uh, but once they get to this, uh, they go to this hotel because they, uh, grandma says that, you know, they're not safe there, knowing that there's a witch that's in such, that was in such clo- uh, close proximity to him. Here's another thing where I just think, why do this? So they bring up the fact, and I don't recall this being in the original book. They bring up the fact that, uh, that grandma, that she had like, she had all these like books about like spells and healing and using herbs. And, uh, you know, it talks about how grandma was like a, a, a country type healer. And, even rough line that I think that's what my grand my mom would always say, but I think she might be a voodoo prince, uh, prince uh, priestess. That's what I'm just kind of what the the boy says or the grandson says. And I remember hearing that and kind of going, okay, so is there an, is there a big family line of these women who have been you know voodoo priestesses or like is that a thing throughout his family tree? And it's it just felt like something. Like, why would you bring that up if you're not going to follow up on it? And they never do. And it's one of many times I'm sitting here going, damn it, movie. Even as far as the setting itself, the fact that they're changing, they change the setting to the 60s in Alabama, in the midst of the civil rights movement. And they, they don't even touch on it. Like, it would have been interesting to see, hear about witches, you know, targeting uh, I don't know, like targeting civil rights leaders, kids or something like that. Or, or one of the kids they take is, you know, oh, oh, is the kid, is the kid of a prominent civil rights rights leader or something like that. That would have been fascinating. And it just seems like one of those times where I go, ah, all right, movie. So the boy gets informed as we're heading to the hotel, but the grand high witch who ends up being played by Anne Hathaway. And look, I've talked about Anne Hathaway a lot. On this podcast, I think she is a incredibly uh, talented actress, even more so than Octavia Spencer. People just love to hate on Anne Hathaway, and I really don't get why. Uh, it's like that Brie Larson problem. People go like, Brie Larson sucks. I never understood why it, people just give her so much shit. Uh, I could go down the line. I could go down, you know, talk about Rachel getting married, which she should have gotten an Oscar nomination for, if not have won. Uh, Love and other drugs. Uh, she's the best thing in The Dark Knight Rises. That's right. I said it. Uh, she's great in Les Mis. She's great in, uh, uh, she's great in Colossal. I know some people think it's too weird. Colossal, I think it's fucking amazing. But, uh, and she was great in uh, Dark Waters with uh, Mark Ruffalo last year. But, this is one of those times we need someone, I just think, more, almost more gothic, like someone like a Helena Bob Carter, someone like a Evan Rachel Wood. Like, we I, I, we need someone like that. I, th- I actually would have loved to see what Christina Ricci would do with this, because one thing I do remember from the book is that they talk about how 
the uh, Grand High Witch is very kind of meek and like small. And Christina Ricci, I mean, she would fit that bill. Uh, speaking of actresses who aren't given enough credit, she would be, she would have been very interesting in this role. And Anne Hathaway, I, for me, she's riding that line between being goofy and being scary. And I will say, even though I'm not crazy about the CG, that is another problem I have here. The first time you see the Grand uh, the Grand High Witch transform into a witch, you see, it, it, her face kind of breaks open and it almost looks like a, something out of Resident Evil 4, the way her, her mouth breaks open. That genuinely made me go, oh, shit, okay. Like, that, it really caught me off guard, but in the best way. But for the most part, there's this point where she's sniffing the uh because she thinks she smells a kid and her nose like distorts and goes off to the side and almost off her face and that should look terrible like it looked, <laughs> it looked really bad and and there's just points like that where I, i'm i'm sitting there watching and going you guys really should went as much uh as heavy into the practical effects as you could have because it would have really made so much of this play better and it just doesn't unfortunately once the kid gets transformed uh, once the grandson gets tr uh, transformed into a, uh, a into a mouse uh prior he met this kid uh name i'm blanking on the kid's name i yeah i don't have i don't have a kid's name here but he meets this other kid there who's almost the augustus gloop of the uh of the uh, of the group uh, he's just there to be really just like the chunky kid and the, the witches trick him into being a mouse because they go ahead and promise him chocolate that's how they do it and i remember thinking okay you have this set in the 60s it could be interesting if this kid was racist and they have to work together to try to find a cure for being mice like that that would have actually been interesting but this kid is just kind of a dumbass and and they play him so much him so much as being just that chunky fat kid like oh there, there's a point <laughs> there's a point where uh gra the grandmother's in the room and someone from the hotel staff comes in and goes oh we've heard we've heard about a uh, report on mice being loose so we're gonna put some mouse traps here and so the the mice see the guy putting the trap down he's like oh this is i think it's Wisconsin, Wisconsin Swiss, I think you think Wisconsin Swiss. No one can resist this. And the 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 the, the chunky kid is like, as a rat, he's like, or as a mouse, he's like, oh, and he like sniffs the air and it's about to go down on this fucking trap. I'm like, you dumb, like what are you doing? In the movie, just he never really evolves past that. And I was really getting irritated with it, the, with, with the film, just the more kept leaning into that. Uh, Stanley Tucci's in here. Stanley Tucci, for the most part, is always great. I still haven't forgotten about Transformers last night, you son of a bitch. But I, I really like him in this. He is good at... He's, he's Stanley Tucci. Like I said, he gets sleepwalked through something, and he, he, he'd still be good. But I, I do like his scenes of him and Octavius Spencer. Uh... The, the the best scene, the best scene that uh, Anne Hathaway has in here is this initial scene where she meets grandmother because they, through circumstances that I won't get into, 
they find out about this potion that she has and they want to go ahead and steal some of the potion to try and poison all the witches. And so that initial scene where grandmother meets uh, Anne Hathaway's character is really great. And then the kind of wrap up scene they have kind of in the middle before they get, we get to the, uh, to the climax, uh, to, to the climax. Uh, I love that. I, I love that scene. There's the scene where she's just like, Oh, I remember you. I knew you looked familiar. I love that scene so much. And that takes me to my last big complaint. I'm going to ha- ra- reference before I wrap up here. And half the way they, they make a point to say that witches don't have feet. Like they're just like, almost like not even hooves. They're just like kind of curved at the bottom of where your feet would be. And, and Hathaway, they show that the Grand High Witch has two toes for some reason. Even though they say they don't have feet, they don't have toes, she has toes specifically so they can be stepped on in order to go ahead and cause her demise. And I just went, oh, movie, really? <laughs> it, it was just such a convenient thing, and I just, it, it came across really lazy. So it it's really frustrating, but... Getting my final thoughts here, I was so back and forth on this because, yes, I think where it is on HBO Max, it's exactly where it should be. If I paid to see it in theaters, I'd be a little irritated if I'm being honest. But Octavia Spencer is really great in this. There are a couple scenes at Anne Hathaway that I really do think she shows what could have been. I don't know if it's the script or how she's being directed because, like I said, there are a couple scenes where some of the mouse does come through that this character is supposed to betray. And it, it, but it's, it's such a shame. It's just not consistent uh, throughout the whole film. And also where the film ends up, I just always have a problem with it, even in the book. Uh, so I guess it's saying the books, like whatever, the fact that he stays a, a, a mouse without really a sense of urgency of trying to find a cure. I was just kind of like, really? That's you're gonna just let that sit, okay? Um, that, that that always really bothered me. So I will say the ending that they come up with here, while it stays true to that spirit, I like the new little wrinkle they put on it. I went, okay, you know what? That that makes this go down a little more smooth. So uh, yeah, I, oh god, I'm gonna give this because of some of the performances and some of the set design, stuff like that. I'll give this a C just cause yeah, I, I, either way. Yeah. I think a C is fine for this, but it, if your kids want to watch something that'll freak them out a little bit, I really think this is a good thing to put on for kids. Uh, now again, if your kid can handle actually being scared, I wouldn't show this to like my, you know, if I had a four year old, I wouldn't show them this, but I don't know. Like, there, I'd, I'd probably rather put on, you know, Monster House for my kid, but kids might find some value out of this. But yeah, just to see for me. But the witches, everyone, what did you think? Let us know what you thought in the comments below. You can go ahead and like us on Facebook at The Real Pineapple. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at JHunterRealPineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter at Nearman the First. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple and Google Podcasts, Podbean, uh, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Spotify at The Real Pineapple. 
Thank you so much for listening. We'll have reviews up this week for Blade and Blade 2, which I'm so excited to uh, share those with you. Uh, we'll have reviews up as well for Fallen, uh, the Denzel Washington movie. I hear it's better than I remember, so I'm going to give it another chance. And uh, we'll have some other reviews up as well for all of you. But please stay safe out there. Week until the election. Get out. Make your voice heard. Wear a mask. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you soon.